The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, To you who hear, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather love your enemies and do good to them, and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. This weekend we are faced with one of the more challenging aspects of being a follower of Christ. Forgive and love your enemy. In the midst of our culture, a culture which is always playing the blame game, it's always someone else's fault that something went wrong. I spilled coffee on myself, I'll sue the company that gave me the coffee. I fall down, I sue the company that's, that I'm standing around. It's always someone else's fault. In the midst of that blame game, which has been around since Adam and Eve, our Lord Jesus Christ asked Adam what happened, and he said, it's a woman's fault, she blamed it on the serpent. In the midst of that ongoing blame game, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, stepped into that blame game and said, stop, forgive your enemy, love your enemy. What he actually said in our gospel today was, love your enemies, Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. What he gave us was the ladder of charity, a way of understanding the process of forgiving those who have hurt you in reverse order. If we take those four verbs that were given to us, we have the rungs on the ladder of charity. Pray, bless, do good, and love. Now before we talk about how we ascend that ladder, let me first talk about the foundation upon which it sits, a context in which we can understand it. Because very often when we hear the words, love your enemy, we think of a person out there. Maybe a certain person that we don't like, a politician, a country, a group of people, or whatever it might be, our enemy could be. 
But I challenge you to think of not only the external enemies, but the internal ones. Sometimes the person that is hardest on us is actually ourselves. Sometimes the one we refuse to forgive is not the person out there, the one in here. And so as we talk about these four rungs upon the ladder of forgiveness and love, think about it not only for the person you struggled to forgive, but also think about yourself, whom you also might struggle to forgive. So the first rung on the path to forgiveness and charity, to pray. When someone comes and tells me, Father, I simply cannot forgive this person. I hold a grudge. I don't want to forgive. Or maybe I've tried and it's just unsuccessful. The first question I ask them is, can you at least pray that they go to heaven? Pure and simple. Can you at least hope for them that they go to heaven? It's the bare bones necessity, basic necessity of charity is that we should at least want what God wants. And God said he wants the salvation of all. So we don't have to pray about how they're going to get there or any of those kind of things, but simply just pray, Lord, I hope this person goes to heaven. With the full understanding that it involves their repentance from sin, God's mercy, and all the rest, but just simply praying, Lord, I pray this person goes to heaven. Because if our reaction is the opposite, and we actually wish hell upon a person, by wishing hell on another, we invite hell upon upon ourselves. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So if you want mercy yourself, you have to show it to others. Now beyond prayer, the next rung upon that ladder is to bless. What does it mean to bless a person, especially to bless an enemy? It means to lift them up to God and beg God to send His grace down upon them. Now, this might be a form of intercession, of praying for certain needs this enemy might have. But here we need to be careful, because we do not want to do vengeful blessing. Lord, I know that this person struggles with this, and so you just need to punish them until they learn their lesson, and then they'll be converted and we'll all be happy. So we do not want to participate in vengeful blessings at all. If you find yourself more understand or more thinking about their faults and failures when you pray, then stop praying about their faults and failures. Pray more in general. Lord, I beg you to bless this person. I beg you to send forth your grace upon them. You know what they need, and I don't. I know what I want them to need, but I'm not God. Because when we do the vengeful blessing, it just increases bitterness in our heart, not only towards the person, but also towards God, who isn't changing the person. So let us be careful how we bless, but let us indeed intercede for them, to make reparation for their sins, to offer ourselves for them spiritually. This could be praying a novena, this could be praying a rosary, it could have a mass offered for them. Any of those are ways to bless our enemies. Then our Lord invites us to do good for them. A good test of charity is... If a certain person you're struggling with walks up to your door one day, is clearly in absolute need, has no shelter and no food, what would your reaction be? Would you be like Abishai from our first reading, well, just give me one spear thrust, that's all I need? Or would you offer them mercy like David? You say, do not place your hand upon the Lord's anointed. Would you understand the call to the corporal works of mercy to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and give shelter to the homeless? Even if they are your enemy, 
That is a great test of our love, of our charity, of our ability to follow Christ. And the fourth rung upon that ladder is to love. After we learn to pray for a person to hope for their salvation, we bless them spiritually and we do good for them physically. We're then invited to love them truly. And what does that mean? What does that look like? It looks like that. To love your enemies. By our sins, every single one of us technically is an enemy of God. But what did God do? He didn't just say, well, you guys all failed, good luck, hope it all turns out well for you. He came down and he said, I'll die for you. I'll love you truly. I'll give myself totally for you to prove to you how much you are worth. That is true love. To love your enemies in such a way is the love of the martyrs. Those men and women who have gone before us who die at the hands of their people persecuting them, praying for those who are persecuting them, not cursing them. That is the love that we are called to do. And one way this can be practiced even in a home. Sometimes when someone tells me, I do not honor my father or mother I challenge, or my spouse, I challenge them to go home and do a chore without being asked and hopefully without being noticed. Clean your bed without being asked, without being noticed, not so that you don't get in trouble, but because you choose the good of the other. Clean your room because you choose the good of your parents. Take out the trash that your wife's been asking you to do for weeks just because you love your wife, not just to take out the trash. These little acts of love done for the sake of the other can root out so much bitterness and so much anger in our hearts and lead us to true forgiveness and love. And before, to help us understand how this can be practiced, I give to you one of the patron saints of mercy, St. Maria Goretti. St. Maria Goretti died at the age of 11 in 1902 from 14 stab wounds. St. Maria Goretti lived on a small farm in France, and one of the farmhands, Alessandro, who was about 20 years old, a couple of days came up to her and made sexual advances, which she resisted. She told him, Alessandro, do not do this because it is bad for your soul and you'll go to hell. She did that not for her sake, but for his. But in her refusal, he became angry, stabbed her 14 times. As she, li- as she laid on her deathbed, St. Maria Goretti especially wanted to make sure everybody knew. She said, tell Alessandro I forgive him. Tell Alessandro I forgive him. She died with those words on her lips. Alessandro was caught and was sentenced to 27 years in jail. The first three of those 27 years he spent absolutely unrepentant, refused to be sorry for his sins, refused to be sorry for what he did. One day a bishop went to visit him and Alessandro told him this story about three years after he had started his sentence. Alessandro said that Maria Goretti appeared to him in a dream and offered him 14 lilies. One piece lily for every wound that he caused to her leading to her death, truly telling him that she had forgiven him. He then repented from his sins, spent the rest of his jail sentence as best as he could, And in getting out of jail, 27 years later, his first act was to go to the mother of Maria Goretti and ask for her forgiveness. Maria's mother said, if my daughter can forgive you, so can I. In the 1950s, Alessandro stood next to Maria's mother as Maria was declared a saint in St. Peter's Basilica. Could you imagine the power of forgiving and loving your enemies? 
The only reason St. Maria Goretti could do what she did was you're guaranteed she saw Alessandro's intent before that day, that she was praying for him, that she was obtaining graces for him, blessing him, that she was doing little good deeds to try to steer him away from it. And we know by her final act that she truly indeed did love him, thinking about his salvation and not just her own. May St. Maria Goretti pray for each of us, So that each of us who perhaps has someone in our lives, an enemy that we just can't stand, someone we can't learn to forgive, we can start with prayer and then blessing, doing good and ultimately loving them. My brothers and sisters, the Lord is kind and merciful. He's asking you to be the same.